This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. G'day, Alex Ty here, host of Squish Shortcuts. Before we get into the episode, a quick intro for those who don't know us. Squish Shortcuts is a long-time Squish show, but until now has only dropped into this feed from time to time. However, that changes from today. It will now be available in this feed every Tuesday. For anyone new, Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. It's designed to give you the information you need to be able to understand the news. For example, in the last few weeks alone, we've covered COP28, Hezbollah, the OpenAI drama, and even the business of Taylor Swift. Today, it's a look back at the economic story of 2023. So let's get into it. The world is going through one of the most difficult economic periods of modern history, with the lingering effects of the COVID pandemic and regional wars causing economic uncertainty around the world. As we near the end of 2023, we're going to look back at the ups and downs for our economy this year. And we're also going to look forward as much as we can to what 2024 might have in store. Squish Shortcuts is your backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, let's cast our minds back and set the scene for the economy coming into 2023. It was not a pretty picture. It really wasn't. We ended the year with inflation at its highest level in decades. Mm. For example, here in Australia, the December 2022 quarterly inflation rate was 7.8%. That's way higher than the 2 to 3% that the Reserve Bank would like it to be. Globally, too, inflation across the world was at a similar level, with the World Bank estimating a rate of 8%. And that's really bad news. And again, just for the recap, it's worth mentioning here that the causes of inflation had to do with global supply chains. Yeah, didn't we talk about that quite a bit at the time? (laughs) But just to refresh your memory, the story is that COVID disrupted supply chains, which meant that people were finding it harder to buy the items that they wanted to buy. And so they ended up paying higher prices for a scarcer supply. Uh, Also, Russia's invasion of Ukraine disrupted oil supplies into European nations and further afield. And that meant the cost of producing energy spiked. Right. And if energy costs more to produce, everything that uses energy costs more to produce and almost everything uses energy. So that is what was causing inflation as we rolled into 2023. And central banks around the world at this time, they're raising interest rates to try and deal with this sky high inflation. Yep. Squizzes would know all too well about the rapid increase in interest rates across 2022 uh, here in Australia into 2023. Of course, that persisted. They're now at 4.35%, which is the highest that they've been for 12 years. And the idea being, of course, that the Reserve Bank increases interest rates to make it more expensive to borrow money uh, and more attractive to save money. People would end up spending less, which would mean lower pressure on prices and lower inflation rates. 
So that's coming into 2023, and that leaves us with this key economic question for the year, which was whether central banks would be able to thread this very fine needle. On the one hand, they want to use this blunt tool, relatively blunt tool of interest rate rises to stop inflation. But they also don't want to slow down the economy so much that they cause a recession. Yeah, threading that needle is one way to look at it. Uh, The other metaphor that economists use quite a bit is this image of a plane coming into land. Um, Central banks around the world wanted the economy to reduce inflation without causing the entire economy to crash and burn. Or in their words, they're aiming to achieve a soft landing. Exactly. Can 2023 be the year of the soft landing? That was the question, and by March 2023, the answer was not looking rosy, Claire. That was when banks started to fail in the United States. Yeah, people are now looking back on that and calling it the 2023 United States banking crisis. And what happened was over the course of five days, there were three small to medium-sized US banks. They failed. The biggest of these was the Silicon Valley Bank. And when we say that the bank failed, we mean that people who had deposited money in the bank decided all at once that they wanted to withdraw that cash. The Silicon Valley Bank didn't have enough money to pay them all back. And you can imagine that really freaked people out because failing banks was one of the things that tipped the world into the global financial crisis back in 2008. But thankfully, this time the crisis didn't get that bad. No, and that's because the United States government intervened and it guaranteed that Silicon Valley Bank's customers would get all of their money back. And that was enough to stop the spread of the bank failures. There were some global repercussions too. Uh, There was one bank in Switzerland which had to be rescued and by the end of the month, the global banking system had settled down. After that, the global economy settled into a bit of a routine where we started to see that inflation rates were gradually coming down. And at the same time, central banks around the world stopped raising interest rates so quickly. So that hope of a soft landing for the economy started to look more and more like a reality. Yeah, and we got another piece of evidence that points towards a soft landing just last week. The Bureau of Statistics released the monthly inflation rate for the 12 months in the lead up to October, and that was 4.9%. And as the Bureau of Stats spokesperson said at the time, that figure is down from 5.6% in September uh, and a peak of 8.4% in December 2022. So really is quite an achievement to get it down so far. Yeah. Yes, and the other bit of context here is that the monthly inflation figure dropped more than was expected. So economists thought that October number would be a rate of 5.2%. But actually, again, that actual figure was 4.9%. Yeah, and as for what that means in terms of interest rates through to the end of this year, one economist said that the good data effectively rules out another interest rate rise in December. So economists are pretty happy. Uh, And the far-fetched hope of this soft landing for the economy has now become something that economic leaders are cautiously optimistic about. Uh, Australia's treasurer is Jim Chalmers, and he said in a speech in November that a soft landing is now assumed, but it's still not assured. Assumed, but not assured. Yes, you've got to note there that Chalmers is leaving plenty of room for things to go wrong. So up next, we're going to look at the economy going into 2024. 
We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today. We've heard that Australia and the world might be able to stop inflation without crashing the economy. But Claire, it is far from a done deal. And there are a couple of predictions being made about the economy in 2024. Yeah, so the main thing to note is that most economists around the world predict that global economic growth in 2024 will be slower than it was this year. It's probably not anything that anyone wants to hear, Mm. but the prediction is that growth will slow from its current 2.9% rate to 2.6%. And here in Australia, our growth is expected to go from 1.8% this year to 1.4% next year. There are a couple of reasons that people have given for this slowdown, and they're similar to what we've seen in the past couple of years. Namely, interest rates are set to remain high, and so too will energy prices. And on top of those factors, there's also the warning from economists about the slowdown in the world's two biggest economies. That's the US and China. Yeah, so the United States, of course, is the biggest economy in the world. There are predictions that it could dip into a recession at the start of the year. There's some technical reasons for that. But when you look across the 12 months, the US economy is predicted to grow by 1.5% next year. And look, it's better to be in growth than not, but 1.5% isn't really a great rate. And when it comes to China, the second biggest economy in the world, their economic growth is predicted to be around 4.6%, which is way higher than the US's predicted growth. And at first glance, that might seem like a great number. But the thing to remember here is that China is used to economic growth above 5%. So anything below that is significant. China's problems come from two main factors. Yeah, the first, of course, to point to is that China is dealing with a property market that's crashing. We've talked about that on the squiz before. Um, They're also dealing with really slow foreign investment rates. Uh, It's something that has helped to fuel their growth in the past, having overseas investors. But of course, the political turmoil, the geopolitical factors, uh, also looking at China's property market, it really has slowed the rate of investment in China from overseas. So they're definitely both factors to look out for when it comes to China in 2024. It is hard to predict exactly what is going to happen there. But if China does continue to slow, we know that is bad news for the world. But Claire, speaking of predicting things and casting our minds forward, the world is still waiting to find out what the economic impact of the war in Israel might be. Yeah, of course, that war broke out in October and economic indicators are really still catching up with that. Because it is in the Middle East, there's definitely some factors to look in there. Uh, The worst case scenario of the war is that it could end up disrupting global oil supplies, uh, just like the Russian invasion of Ukraine did. That would in turn further the increase energy prices. 
So that is something to watch and wait for in 2024, lucky us. But Claire, we should say that not everybody thinks 2024 is going to be as bad as all that. No, and one set of economists to point to are those at Goldman Sachs. They're a global investment bank. They reckon that the world economy will shake out better than other economists have predicted. They think that the United States has a good chance of avoiding that recession that I mentioned just before, uh, even a shallow recession. They say that if economies around the world slow down too much, central banks can always start to cut interest rates. They say that that's a good lever to pull. Goldman Sachs also does point out that the economy in 2023, so this year, did better than most experts predicted that it would when they were doing their forecasts the year before. So that is the optimistic take, and I guess we're just going to have to hold on tight and see what happens globally. But as for what the Australian economy is predicted to do in 2024, let's go through what the Reserve Bank says. Yeah, so the RBA acknowledges those global trends and says that growth in the Australian economy is expected to remain below the trend uh, over 2023 and 2024. It says that cost of living pressures, cosy lives, uh, and <laughs> higher interest rates continue to weigh the economy down. But they say that the economy is more resilient than many had expected. Which is great, but it also does cause some problems when it comes to getting inflation down. Yeah, exactly. Prices are going up, but many people are still spending, which is why that October inflation number of under 5% was so important. Uh, It's coming down by more than many expected, but it's still an issue that's not going to be fixed anytime soon. Yes, so the official prediction from the Reserve Bank is that inflation will dip under 3% at the end of 2025, which means there are two more years of high interest rates and slow growth set to come. Yep, so Alex, (laughs) strap yourself in. (laughs) What a joy. And that is your shortcut on 2023's economy. Now, on to our recommendations. Each week on the podcast, we like to suggest further reading, watching or listening on the topic. And this week, Claire, I'm going to link to a recent episode of The Daily Podcast from The New York Times about consumer psychology around the economy. Over there, a lot of Americans are stuck thinking that the economy is worse than it actually is. It's obviously a very US-focused episode, but it is still a really good listen. Yeah, I had a listen to that one too. It's interesting how they've sliced and diced the numbers to unpick that problem. Uh, I'm going to flag a much more probably staid thing, Alex. It's a (laughs) link to the Reserve Bank's page on monetary policy. Uh, One of the things that the Reserve Bank is charged with doing is better communicating how monetary policy works. Of course, there's been a lot of focus on interest rates going up. Uh, What the government has asked the bank to do is explain better to the Australian people how that works. Um, We're yet to see much of that from them, those better explainers. But if you want to get ahead of the curve, (laughs) this is a page on the RBA's website and it's a good way to deepen your knowledge about the factors that are at play. That's a good one. That's my second pick as well, Claire. I like it. (laughs) We'll have links to both of those in the show notes. And that is it for us. If you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. And if you have any requests, you can send them through to hello at thesquiz.com.au. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.
Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month, and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at Squiz Kids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women, and together, honour their legacies.